Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Overcast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. We're joined in this week's episode by Dr. Frank Campion to give us an update on what's been happening in the better farm flocks this spring. We discuss grass growth, surpluses, silage, and some of the management challenges that have occurred in the past couple of weeks. With the first round of weighing complete for the lowland flocks, Frank outlines how lambs are performing this spring. We discuss the variation among the flocks and across years, and we discuss how early lamb performance can actually impact management for the rest of the season. And we examined options to reduce poor performers. We finish up with Frank offering his advice on how to keep lambs on track for the coming weeks. We start off, however, with Frank giving us a quick recap of what's been happening on the farms over the past few weeks. It's been a, a busy few weeks, as you say. There's a, a lot going on since lambing, and the weeks kind of fly around from lambing up until the, this stage when we're doing the seven-week weights and having a look at the performance. But no, by and large, I suppose it's been a it's been a good spring overall. Um, there's been no major issues on the farms. I suppose it depends on what part of the country you're in, how you might look back on the weather. You know, if you were talking to me a few weeks ago, the lads in the east were probably complaining of might have been a bit cold and a bit dry, but that's certainly turned on its head now and they're getting very favourable conditions, whereas some of the lads in the northwest and the west probably got a bit too much of the rain and struggled a bit at times. But overall, it's been a, a relatively good spring. I was just going to ask you, like from a grass point of view, I'm assuming conditions at the moment, that trickle of rain off and on is really suiting the farms more in the south of the country. Yeah, look what it is. And the growth rates across the board are relatively good at the minute. And, you know, growth rates are ahead of demand. But if you were to look at specific to those farms in the southeast and the south, you know, grass really is streaking ahead of demand. It's really suiting, suiting them. Whereas the lads further north and west are probably telling you they're getting too much rain. And, you know, it's impacted on their ability to graze out paddocks and it's impacted on their ability to make silage too. They've been relying, I suppose, more on, you know, kind of a smash and grab job and might have been a week to 10 days later getting some silage made than they would have liked. Whereas the lads further south and further east have been able to do it more at their leisure and do it at the time they wanted to. So just uh, like at the moment, we can see tractors flying up and down the roads of the country um, at silage. How are the lads fixed at the moment for silage? Yeah, so I suppose we've had a good weekend and a good end to last week. And that has left to the situation now where nearly all the flocks have their first cut silage made. And, you know, those that haven't, I suppose, are a couple of the, the later lamb and hill flocks. But most of them have something made and... You know they're re- reasonably happy with what they have, but the big thing for them now in the next few days to a week is to sit down, see what bales, what pit silage they have, compare back that back to the fodder budget that they made at the start of the year, and see what's needed for a second cut, or will they be able to get enough in off cuts during the summer? Because with the prices of diesel and fertilizer and everything else, it's not the year to be making silage for the sake of it. So they'll have we'll have a look at the fodder budgets now and see what's needed to make sure we have enough for next winter. And just like on the from a point of view of off cuts, it has been a relatively good growing spring, so has. Have there been many offcuts made on the farms? Is the reduction in fertilizer having a bit of an impact on that? Yeah, it's probably having an in, an impact on it. I suppose we haven't seen that yet insofar as growth rates really did rocket, particularly in the, the drier farms for the south and east in May. And some all those lads did make some offcuts regardless, where I suspect we'll see that pinch come on is later on in the summer when maybe we won't have as many offcuts or we won't want as, want as many offcuts either with trying to cut back on fertiliser. But no, most, some of the lads have got offcuts and I suppose that's just been down to exceptionally high growth rates over a short period of time. Look, Frank, we're talking about grass, I suppose the other really interesting thing is land performance on these farms. And I suppose for those who aren't familiar with them, all the participating farmers is fully AD recording on the lambs from Bert. There's a lot of details recorded on Bert, but he's also... Uh, weigh those lambs at seven weeks and 14 weeks to get a gauge on performance. You've just completed that round of seven-week weights with the team being out on the farms. How have they been doing this year? Yeah, so look, at lamb growth rates by and large across the flocks are good. 
you know, and we'd be reasonably happy with them. But I suppose, as with every year, there's a variation between the flocks. You know, we've some very good performing flocks where, you know, twin born and reared lambs are coming in at 300 grams, 300 grams plus per day for the, for the first seven weeks. And likewise, we have farms that are, you know, 30 grams behind that as well. So that's what we see every year. But I suppose the interest, a couple of interesting things coming out of it, I suppose, you know, despite it being a relatively kind spring for sheep, and I think most people would agree with you on that, you know, we still see flocks that are behind where they were last year and flocks that were ahead of where they were last year. And when we look back and delve into that, it really comes down to the fact that one of the biggest things that affects growth rate in those first seven weeks is farm specific factors, you know, so it's, you know, getting your grassland managed right. Did you get in on time with the, the first, with the nematodirus dose? You know, was there a lameness problem that you got in on top of quickly or did you leave it run on an extra few days? And we see this every year, you know, the first seven weeks is probably, it's 99% of the time, that's when your lamb is growing at its fastest and growing at its most efficient. You know, and the better you can get that growth rate in the first seven weeks, ultimately the better the performance potential that you have for the rest of the year but all we always see is where something maybe goes wrong slightly like we're late with the dose or we don't let get on top of the grass i imagine where we see that sometimes is where farms maybe let grass you know get too far ahead of them and we see that in a kind year like this where we see lots of grass in the farms we take our eye off the ball a bit and suddenly the quality isn't right it can have a, a big impact on the seven week growth rate which will ultimately impact the performance for the rest of the year so Farm-specific factors are crucial at this time of the year to, to get on top of. It's an interesting one that often in a good growing year, it's, it obviously sits the higher stock rate farms better, but can it sometimes be a little bit challenging for lower stock rate farms, some of which you would have in the programme. Yeah, it can, you know, and especially can be challenging for those lower <coughs> stock farms when we get, you know, if you're if we get a few wet weeks like we did in some parts of the country there a couple of weeks ago where there was a need to drop out paddocks get on top of grass, grass again, we weren't able to do that. And suddenly now we have a grass quality issue and we see that very quickly in the seven week weights, you know, because that's going to, that's has a big impact on that. So it can often be a, a good year, it can often be more challenging for the lower stock lads in terms of grassland management. So again, I suppose just to delve into it a little bit more, I imagine you have some farms there consistently sitting over that 300 grams per day each year. Other farms, Frank, how much of a change have we seen from year to year for some of those other farms you mentioned? So somewhere up, yeah. somewhere down, might just give us a bit of an indication on what the differences are. Yeah, so look, at your right here, we some farms there and they're sitting quite consistent over the, over the last couple of years that they're holding relatively within this, within the same growth rates. But then we've other flocks that are plus or minus 20 to 30 grams on where they might have been last year. And we've other flocks that are plus or minus 10 grams where they were in last year. So a big there can be a big variation in it, you know, and I suppose the thing, the challenge going forward is fine, nothing we can do about it now, but it's for those flocks that are maybe 20 grams ahead or behind where they were last year, to so look at the factors that affected that. So that was more than just a a fluke accident or just a one-off incident so what management decisions did we make or maybe we didn't make that caused that difference in growth rate and that's something kind of you know nearly every flock can do i know you mentioned that the lads are eid recording and they have loads of data there and it's it's a great resource but even for a flock that's not eid recording if you go out now at this stage you're probably still able to link the, the lamb back to the o look at some of them poor performing lambs you know how many of them have you and mark some of them, you know, mark them, mark the O's, you know, is it a O factor? Is it a management factor in terms of grass? Is it a management factor in terms of maybe lameness or not dosing on time or dosing too early even? You know, have a look at those factors in your own flock and see see what's affecting it. And the other side of that, Kieran, and it's something I think I've talked with you about before on the podcast a while ago is passengers in the system. You know, so like every year, every flock will call a certain percentage of O's. 
and depending on the year you might have a bad year where you call an extra few for mastitis that you didn't plan on or you might have had a problem with prolapse or something you have to call an extra few but regardless in a flock that's relatively stable number wise there'll usually be a scope to call a certain percentage based on performance and the time to do that is to go out now and look at your poor lambs link them back to the O and mark that Joe and if you come to the end of the year and you have scope to call some yours in performance maybe they're the O's to get rid of why didn't they go out to grass and rear a lamb to the same level of performance that some of the other yours did get them out of the system and not be carrying the passengers yeah, I think the most worrying ones of them Frank we've seen them on farms before the ones that turn up a wean in great condition look a super yo and have two very bad lambs before or one very bad lamb at foot they didn't look after the key there Frank is to have enough replacements coming in every year to give you a bit of scope to do that yeah, I think it is. And like the one thing is we see huge variation in replacement rates on sheep farms. We're not consistent enough. Like So what we would typically see is that about 20-25% of the flock should be replaced every year. And I suppose what tends to happen some years is that maybe there's a good lamb price. And we say, ah, we won't call as hard and we'll only keep a small number of your lambs. And then another year, then we need to keep a large number of your lambs. And what that does is not only does it affect your flock performance from year to year, but it also limits, I suppose, your it affects your age profile in the flock and it affects your, your potential for genetic gain. So look, every year we should be aiming to replace 20, 25% of the flock. And to get up to that 20, 25%, we obviously call our problem yours or mastitis or lameness or prolapse, et cetera. But we should also be trying to call some of those poor performing yos that are not working in our system, get rid of them and get in some some new yo lambs that are, you know, hopefully going to be picked picked on better performance and come from a good performing yours within the flock. Even at a practical level without EAD recording, if you have replaced and selected, it's a great gauge of what the mother's been able to do with them, the performance up to now. Exactly. Like, you know, something as simple as putting a management tag in the in the or the lamb at lamb and time, or as we go along now up to seven weeks, picking out your good lambs, picking out your bad lambs, whatever way you want to do it, you know, a small, inexpensive management tag, or even just using putting DID tags into the ones we want to keep so that we can keep a track on them. It can be done as simply as that right up to the, the very expensive and, uh, I suppose, complicated EID recording systems. We can do any level we want, but, you know, even at a basic level, it'll work quite well. And I think, you know, as you said, Kieran, we come along to Wien and we often see these great yo's in great condition and we sometimes assume she's a good Joe and it looks like a good Joe, but often they're the problem yo's. But now is the time to find them because now we'll be able to see the lambs, link the lambs back to her and say, right, there's a problem there that she might be looking after herself better than she's looking after the lambs. And I suppose right. that's something that we've really starting the last couple of years with some of the lads in the Better Farm programme and I think it's something that a few of them are really starting to buy into now you know and starting to see the benefit of it of coming along at weaning time looking at their growth rates looking at the growth rates seven weeks and say right what are the bottom performing yours and getting rid of them now, Just from a management point of view that growth rate that you indicated earlier this is the period of highest growth it's going to have a bit of a knock-on impact for some of those farms the higher performing farms obviously it takes care of itself provided you keep on top yeah. of things but for the lower performing farms that will have a little bit of an impact on management up to weaning and maybe management post weaning and sales on those farms. Yeah, it will. Look, at ultimately, like I said, your lamb is growing as fast as the most efficient now at the minute. So if she's if the lamb is behind at seven weeks, or behind target at seven weeks, it'll more than likely be behind the target you've set for weaning. So you have to bear that in mind and look at, I suppose, at the next for the next seven weeks, the real crucial thing with those lambs is that most of their, their nutritional needs are now coming from grass and not from the O's milk. So it's vitally important that you have the grass quality right going into them so that they're able to grow to their potential. And then when it comes to weaning, it's, you know, that's when you really see the effects of it. You know, have you, how many lambs are behind target? And what do you want to need to do for the summer and into the autumn to try and get rid of those lambs and keep them moving along? And I suppose what we would 
so a lot of times do with the better farmers is we look at the weights and we'd have a look at the breakdown of the weights you know so an average and a, a growth rate tells us a lot that's fine but you know how many what percentage of your lamb crop is maybe 30 to 35 kilos of weaning and what percentage is less than that or greater than that and that'll allow you then to make decisions on what you need to do do you need a, a finishing group or some lambs or some of the heavier lambs go on to meal for the last few weeks to try and move them off quicker and try and make your decisions based around that so you know for those flocks now that are maybe 20 grams behind where they would have liked to have been or 20 grams back behind where they were last year you know they're looking at having an extra percentage of lambs there in the autumn so those sort of decisions are going to have to be weighed up now in the coming weeks and see what we're going to do at weaning time really does have an impact on performance or carry through performance for the rest of the year it's amazing that first some weeks how big of an effect it can have yeah it has a huge effect you know like for those first seven weeks your lamb is at its most efficient basically and once it starts getting older it starts getting less efficient so if your lamb is behind in weight at seven weeks it's it won't it won't it won't it won't grow any faster than that for the next seven weeks it'll be behind that again so usually when we talk about a growth rate from to seven weeks our first seven weeks will be our highest and our second seven weeks will be our lowest and our average for the birth to 14 weeks will come somewhere in the middle so if we get it if we're behind it the first seven weeks we're going to be behind it weaning so maybe just frank to somebody say quite a couple of things for any flock so they may be a little bit concerned about performance what can they do over the next couple of weeks to maybe lift that up to weaning and what are the better farmers doing yeah so look at it's the same it's probably the same, Kieran, for those that are concerned about their growth rates to those that are happy with their growth rates. You don't want to take your eye off the ball in either situation at this stage. So I suppose the first thing to do is get on top of any health issues you have. So if you have a problem with lameness, get on top of it, get it sorted. You know, keep on top of your of your dosing. So I suppose from now on, we should be taking fecal egg counts before we're dosing. So start into that from now to make sure that lambs are dosed on time and dosed correctly. And the, sec- the last thing then, I suppose, is the grass quality. Like, so as a our lamb, you know, as lambs get older, and particularly from now on, they'll be relying more on grass for their nutritional needs. So it's important that the quality is right in front of them. So maybe getting a bit of the aftergrass into the system before weaning, not pushing the lambs to graze out too hard on fields, you know, keeping our residency periods to, you know, kind of three to four days and moving them on quickly so that the lambs constantly have a good supply of good quality grass. I suppose they're kind of, they're kind of the biggest issues. And then once we get to weaning, if, you know, the O's can do the, the hard work cleaning out and keep lambs grazing good quality grass ahead of them for the summer try and keep the performance up but you know look at i think it's the same for lads who are underperforming as well as overperforming you take your eye off the ball at this stage and it can fall down too quickly for either so it's about you know it's about focusing on those farm specific issues that you know sometimes can drift out of control at times for a few days or a week and they can really have a knock-on effect come weaning time we're getting the basics right frank look a uh, good yep. update very useful at the moment and thanks very much for coming on no problem thanks garen Okay, we're going to leave the episode there at this point. Some very useful tips from Frank at the end there, how to keep lambs on track over the coming weeks. Again, the important thing is not to take your eye off the ball. You can get updates on the Better Farm programme on its dedicated webpage on the sheep section of the Chagas website and in the monthly Chagas Sheep newsletter so you can follow the farms and how they perform with some of the key challenges during the year. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on the sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and get notified of any new episodes.